The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Mission, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment Profiles and Leadership Series. Thanks for being with us. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your content, or pass us along to someone who's trying to focus on their leadership capacity and grow. We appreciate that very much. I want to say hello here to Vidar Ligard. Hello there. Hey, how are you? Doing fantastic. Having a really good day. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here with us on the uh, leadership moment. And I trust I said your name pretty, pretty close, at least, too. Well, you've, uh, you you got it. I answer to a lot of different variations, but but you got it right. So uh, <laughs> honored to be here with you today. Well, American version, uh, American accent. There we go. Right, even maybe Texas accent on there a little bit. Of course, I'm I'm joining the recording here from Texas, but you're not too far away. You guys are in Oklahoma, am I right? Today we're in Oklahoma. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, just to say it over. There's quite a rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma, but we won't say anything about that here. <laughs> well, we'll we'll leave that at the Red River today, I guess. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. We had the pleasure of having Catherine on with us uh, at a previous uh, Profiles and Leadership Leadership Moment podcast, and we were thankful for that. She uh, volunteered you, so thank you also for being with us. And we're we're going to dive in today into the subject of King David. But first, before we do that, if you would tell us a little bit about you and kind of a little bit about your background and, and what ministry you guys are in. Sure. Vidar Ligard originally grew up in Norway, so... Name might be a little different to some, but that's that's okay. Spent about twenty years in Oklahoma, going through getting ministerial training, business training, missions training, and then we started going on a missions trip to East Africa in nineteen ninety nine. We started the ministry SafariMission dot org. We're the founders of that in two thousand six, mm-hmm. and since then we've been very active in training leaders both in biblical subjects, leadership subjects, with the purpose of changing mindsets so that we can develop communities in East Africa. So in in a short nutshell, that's what uh, safarimission.org does. We train pastors, we train leaders, business leaders in uh, biblical knowledge, skills, business ethics, and leadership skills so that they can take these principles and bring them to the people that they work with. And then we see people all over East Africa, different communities, get to know God better, uh, come out of poverty, and help develop their own communities. Wow, excellent. That's uh, quite a job description. 
there. I mean, the, what I what I mean is, you know, having had a little bit of exposure to East Africa, I've been there a number of times, and and we've been working there in, since '08. So, I mean, the I guess the vision that you have and the task that you have, you know, that's large. Yeah, I would agree. It's a, it's a large vision, but we believe the Word of God is powerful and is well able to, to accomplish what it's meant to accomplish. It's just a matter of getting that word out there. But when people get, get results, we see neighbors that pick that up, and it spreads organically. Well, thank you for, for telling us about that and a little bit about you. SafariMission.org, we'll send folks there. And of course, we'll include those links in the show notes to make it easy for people to click through and find out more about you guys. So very cool. So tell me why is it, I'm assuming King David is one of your favorites. Why so? Well, it's, it's tough to pick a favorite. There, there are so many, both biblically and, and historically. One of the things that really has intrigued me with David, of course, we got the story of, of Goliath. But shortly thereafter, David is running from King Saul. And we find that when he's in the cave of Abdullam, that everybody who's in despair, uh, bitter in soul, everybody who's in debt, they all come to David. And so he gets to... Um, start church, start business. He leads a group of people that society basically don't want, people that don't fit into society. But then when we see David towards the end of his life, these people end up becoming David's mighty men. And, you know, I read about the offering that David prepares for his son Solomon to build a temple and all the gold that he personally collects. And then he turns to his mighty men and says, now this is what I've been able to do. And he turns to them. And when you look at that value of gold and you understand where these people came from, then I go, wow, King David really had some leadership skills. He started with the outcasts of society and turned them into some super influential leaders in the society. So that that really intrigued me. I find that very interesting. And of course, from there, going into looking at, okay, what made David to be such a leader that he was able to take these people and turn them into such phenomenal, both warriors and leaders in society? Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think sometimes we, we look at and maybe isolate our perspective on one part of David's story, like you're saying there with uh, Goliath, or maybe the cave, as you're mentioning, or even maybe later in life, or maybe he's on the run from Absalom, or whatever, you know, whatever stage, tons of stages that David went through. And, and yeah, and so many, so many individual stories that could be analyzed and talked about and, and learned from. Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to the subject of leadership, I think sometimes we forget that the we don't we there's a disconnect there between the mighty men and this band of misfits, <laughs> you know. I mean, we we yeah. I think we're we're at risk of not putting those things together sometimes, and they are inextricably bound to each other. They're the same crew, right? Yes, I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's amazing to see. I mean, you're you're. I don't know modern society today. I I think you would look at going into skid row you know homeless people that's basically when you know you're meeting in a in a cave so it's essentially outcasts homeless people Mm -hmm. and uh, you follow the story for a number of years and 
you know, if you casually read, look at the end of the story, you don't even think about that these are really the outcasts that he started out with, but that's who they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're they're running the entire nation. And of course, David hands that off to his son Solomon, which then basically turns the nation of Israel at that time to one of the most influential nations on the, in the entire Middle East at that time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the fame of and splendor of what they had established and built was without equal. I think it obviously drew onlookers and interested parties from all around the world, and they wanted to see about this. And obviously, this all comes back, as many times we find, and and is often mentioned, how everything rises and falls on leadership. From the restaurant you go to this week with your family, to the skyscrapers or whatever's, whatever man has built, and whatever he's invested himself into, that leadership has so much to do with all those outcomes. How, sure. what do you think it was about David that made him, you know, historically from his upbringing, what do you see in, in him that prepared him for such heights of leadership? Well, I, I think a lot of people want to start looking at him in first Samuel 17 with the story of Goliath. But I think there's some details in that story that, that reveals where he came from if we look you know the chapter prior is where where he is anointed king samuel comes to jesse which is david's father and he goes through let's all the different sons you know jesse so let's see his sons pass before samuel and one by one samuel says the lord has not chosen these Thankfully, Samuel is uh, secure enough in what god has said so he, he understands after they all pass before him it's none of these. And he asks the father, do you have any other sons? And of course, at that point, then David is, is invited from the field. But looking at that story, you know, Samuel is probably the highest regarded figure in the entire nation of Israel, probably be between him and King Saul. And so this is, this is not Thanksgiving dinner. This is not Christmas dinner. This is a once in a lifetime dinner that all of Jesse's sons are invited to. But David is not invited. <laughs> and uh, I would, you know, look at that in a natural family today. If, if there's an event that is larger than Christmas and larger than Thanksgiving, and you're not invited, that's, that's going to arouse some feelings. Mm, I haven't and, thought about um, it that way. Keep going. Yeah, well, just kind of putting, you know, you can't, you can't add to the scriptures, but putting ourselves in the shoes, so to speak, imagining what it must have been like. And so you're the only one in the family that's not invited. Most people, I believe at that point, would have been very disappointed, possibly angry, possibly come to the conclusion that, you know, dad really doesn't care about me. And it could cause all kinds of psychological scars, I guess you could call it. But it's evident in the story of Goliath where King Saul tells David, you're not able to go fight Goliath. But David then answers that I have struck down lions and bears, which is when David was out in the field shepherding the sheep for his dad. He's taking care of killing lions and bears. So he's going far above the call of duty. You know, if you're out there in the fields, you know, we work in Kenya, East Africa, and the Maasai tribe, 
they're used to handling lions and not scared of them. But at the same point, if a lion takes one of their animals, you know, you don't get upset at the shepherd. You don't, you expect <laughs> maybe the shepherd to throw a couple pebbles, throw a couple of rocks when the lion's still far away. But you certainly don't expect the shepherd that after the lion has taken the sheep, you go after the lion and get the sheep out of the mouth. And then you, you take care of the lion and, and finish him off. That's certainly <laughs> far above the call of duty. But David does that even when he's working for his dad and has reasons to be upset with his dad because he doesn't invite him to the meal. Mm. So I think there's some very strong work ethics that started very early on in David's life. Yeah. There is an honor for his, for his natural dad, some very high work ethics, integrity there. And he chooses, obviously, not to take offense because we know from all kinds of stories that if, if you take offense, you won't be able to continue with the highest work ethic because it's, it's going to affect you internally and eventually affect your actions. Yeah, but he doesn't do that. He he chooses to forgive or whatever he does, not to hold his grudge. And I think those are some of the early leadership lessons with David. Some things that he builds into his early life that sort of became the foundation for where he was able to go. Yeah, for sure. I haven't really thought into like in great detail. Obviously, you know, you've got to note that David didn't get invited. I mean, that's. Because it's obvious from the story that this is a big deal. But, I mean, I haven't thought into it too much. Maybe maybe from my just kind of, uh, you know, superficial scan on that, I'm thinking, okay, somebody's got to be taking care of, care of the animals. So maybe we put it with the least likely, uh, you know, I mean, like the guy who's not going to be missed. You know, I don't know if yeah. that was old that fell to the younger son or or how that worked culturally from their context but clearly it's not nothing or it wouldn't have been such a key part of the story and actually a reversal of expectations there when it comes to jesse clearly if jesse had thought about hey the guy's coming looking for david david would have been at the dinner sure absolutely even i think Samuel there, you know, as the the oldest makes his way into the room, right? Even Samuel got a little disoriented by the the natural characteristics, I guess, of some of Jesse's sons that made him think that this, hey, this is the guy right here. In fact, it wasn't. Very interesting sort of wrinkles to this story. But yeah, David didn't let that stick in his heart in a way that was demotivating. Yeah, which is, you know, it's a similarity. You know, you could look at Joseph as well, and it's the same kind of attitude that he had. And he ended up as the basically the prime minister of, of Egypt, not allowing offenses and grudges to, to take a hold of him. That, to me, is worth pausing for emphasis. I think we gotta, we've got to understand that these things are highlighted to us from Scripture and in history, for that matter. How important it is as a person who's got a calling of significance that we're not trivialized by some of these natural things we go through to get where we're headed or even 
maybe resistance, as we know, David's brothers resisted him on the battlefield. You know, when they said, you know, what are you doing here? Right. Or even being overlooked, yeah. Yeah. Uh, naturally, sort of naturally disqualified or overlooked. This is an important piece of our, how we can be informed by these stories, by these truths. Very, very key, I think. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.